Hey there, sweet sisters. Welcome back to the Shine with Brandy show. I am so glad to have you back today because I have a very special treat with you for you today. I am sitting here. You don't get to see her on the other side of your line, but I get to see this beautiful dear sister in Christ that I've been connected to through another sister, Terry Hasdorf. Did I say that correctly, girl? You did. <laughs> awesome. Well, I am honored to have you on today. For those of you who are tuning in today, we are so glad you're here. Terry is an executive leader, an author, a speaker, a consultant. She has a CV as long as my entire arm here, and she has written a new book, and she's going to share that. Actually, it's her latest book, and so she's going to share that with us today, Running Into the Fire, where she offers an insider's perspective on why Christians are needed in politics. So she is well-equipped to share today on this subject and with the upcoming elections coming next week, um, at the time of this recording, we're a couple of weeks out, but I feel like it's really important to have this timely information right before you head into the polls. And so she is going to share today with us um, about the intersection of faith and politics. So Terry, a warm welcome to the Shine with Franny show. I'm so glad you're here today. Thank you so much, Franny. It's an honor to be with you. So Terry, I really want this to be a very conversational, not so air quote political, you know, interview, if you will. I want us to really be able to see, um, you know, the, the non-political side of Terry, but I know that you have such information that is going to be so important to our listeners as they head to the polls next week. So why don't we just kind of start with a little bit about your background and how you entered this political arena? Sure. So I got involved in politics when I was in high school and it really became something that um, was a result of a trip that I took to Russia. Uh, I was a junior in high school and my youth pastor came up to me and said, Hey, um, you know, we'd really like for you to apply for this. And I was selected as one of 40 uh, students from across the state of Alabama that were youth leaders to go uh, to seven different cities in the Soviet Union. And um, this was before Glasnost and Perestroika. I got to see firsthand what communism and socialism looked like. And it was pretty horrible. Um, the oppression, the hopelessness of the people. Uh, it just, people didn't smile. The lack, um, just, you know, people waited in line for hours to get basic things like milk and bread. Um, and just the fear that they lived under, uh, in constant, you know, fear of the government and the KGB. And I came back to this country and landed at John F. Kennedy airport after three weeks in a communist country. And I literally got down on my hands and knees and kissed the ground. I was so grateful to be an American. And I realized how precious what we have is and how we take it so for granted, because in our country, if it's even just one person, if they're passionate enough and they get involved, they can make a difference in politics. And that's what just makes America so remarkable. And yet so many people don't even vote. Um, we have about 67% of Americans who identify as Christian, 64 to 67%, depending on the polls that you look at. And yet about half of those don't vote. And so that's what's really disturbing is a lot of people don't realize the impact that they can have. And I think they've either become apathetic or um, they just think, you know, uh, what good can I do? So that's really what was part of the catalyst for writing this book. It was part of the trip to Russia was the catalyst for me getting involved in politics. I went on to um, 
volunteer and work in the governor's office in my home state, and then went on to Washington, interned in the White House, was asked to stay on. I was there for a year in the first in the Office of Public Liaison, which is now the Office of Public Engagement, and then uh, worked on the Hill for six years. And it's been quite a journey, but um, that was really the catalyst for me getting involved. That is so profound because I think, you know, it was just my birthday in October and always around my birthday, I write out some of the things that were highlights over the year and some of the things that have led me in one direction or another. And who knows where you would have been had you not had that experience, you know, back in mm. your younger years in high school, you know, and I'm assuming that was right around the time. I don't want to make an assumption on your age here, but right <laughs> after the time where the wall came down, right. With Gorbachev, mm. would that have been around the it time before the wall came down? Oh, yeah. wow. Wow. Yeah. So even you really were able to see it up close and personal mm. then. Yeah. Wow. That's powerful. And I am very um, honest in sharing that I have not been involved in politics. Um, for a lot of my life, sadly, I was one of those people I didn't vote for many years, whether it be in a big election, you know, a, a presidential election or a local election. And I never really understood it. In the last few years, I've really gotten involved. And so I love that you had really that passion at such a young age because it's just been a part of, you know, who you are, your character development, and obviously your career development as well. So that's really, really powerful. One of the things I want to, um, circle back to what you had mentioned is, you know, how sad it is that so many people don't vote, you know, 64, I think this was your statistic you shared. Um, and hopefully the listeners aren't hearing all my chicken scratch as you're uh, sharing 64 to 67% are Christian, but half of that number doesn't vote. So roughly 30% of Christians are voting. And the, the estimates are about 41%. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which is remarkable. And there are 15 million Christians who are not even registered to vote in America. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. That's remarkable to me, you know, especially well, really knowing. Is. Because, you know, this is something that is so basic and it's such a privilege. And we, um, we have a responsibility, you know, if we don't like what we see happening around us, it's our job to change it. And as Christians, we're called to seek the welfare of the city that we're in. We're called to rule and reign. We have stewardship that we have to think about. And so that's something that, um, you know, voting plays a key part, but it doesn't just stop with voting. Um, you know, I tell people you need to vote not only with your vote at the ballot box, but with your time, with your wallet, with your influence, because our country has never been closer to the brink of socialism and yeah. socialism at its core is about replacing God with government and freedom with tyranny. And we yeah. can't let that happen here. Amen. And the only way that that's going to be stopped is if more people start getting involved in these processes, because politics is a numbers game. Right. So that's really what I'm trying to get people to think differently about it and, and realize that this is a personal responsibility that you really need to get involved now. The timing is critical. Well, I love that you mentioned the word stewardship because obviously, you know, when you and I spoke previously before coming onto the podcast, I had said, look like it's a little bit of a stretch because my platform really is revolving around faith, fitness, and fun. And you and I can have fun, of course, and there's certainly the element of faith, but the fitness component is certainly parlayed because we also have, you know, professional fitness or wellness, if you will, or just our overall civic, you know, wellness. And so I think that's important. You mentioned the word stewardship there because 
we want to steward our bodies well, right? We want to be able to do that in our own health. And so it's the same with some of these rights and responsibilities that we have been entrusted, you know? And so I think that that's a powerful way of tying that into the stewardship of how we are called to do that. I also find it interesting that we as a country, uh, you know, we're the only country that has God as, as its core, you know, at its core with we, the people, you know, and then everything is in God, we trust the Judeo-Christian principles. And as you mentioned, have really evaporated, um, from that over the last, I don't even know when the, when the demise started, if you will. And so I don't know if you want to speak to any of that before I, I have a list of questions. I know we will not get into all of them. Well, I will say this, you know, I, I read recently, uh, through a document that, uh, Congresswoman Virginia Fox was talking about at a briefing I was at in DC recently. It's a 28 page document prepared by the secular Democrats of America for the Biden Harris transition. And this document is basically, uh, focused on stripping out all of our religious freedom and taking God out of everything. I mean, they are making recommendations strongly to the administration and saying, you know, we want to have, uh, in God, we trust removed as the, as the national motto. Uh, we want all of the religious uh, exemptions and protections that are in many of the, uh, you know, uh, government programs that are, that are out there to be taken down. Uh, we don't want the mention of Judeo-Christian anymore. And, you know, I don't know how seriously that's being considered, but this is on our doorstep. It's, mm-hmm. it's something that they've put a lot of time and energy into uh, really doing their research on what specifically they want to see dismantled. And the question is, is what's happening on our side to push back against that? The only thing that's going to push back is if people get more involved and start doing their homework and making sure that the leaders that we are putting in place are those that represent the values that we care about. I love that. And instead, I'm going to say this little, this might be a tweetable for someone, but instead of pushing back, we need to stand up. You know, and we need to have our voices heard and especially, you know, at even a local level, a school board level, you know, there are so many different ways in which people can go and have their voice heard and try to assert themselves in these roles. Um, It's really important. And so we'll, we'll dive into that in a second, but I do think you're spot on in terms of standing up for our religious beliefs. I know I worked in a school and we wouldn't even, it was a uh, Episcopal school and when families came and said, oh, we don't have vaccinations, you know, from measles, mumps, whatever. And we have a religious exemption. It was a Christian school. And they said, oh, we don't honor that. And I thought, what, you know, Mm -hmm. and medical exemptions. Okay. But not religious exemptions. And I just thought that was fascinating to me, Mm -hmm. especially being a Christian school. So there's that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I do want to dive into something, obviously, you know, it is November and we are embarking upon um, the holiday season. And we know that the subjects of politics and religion are often taboos at any dinner party conversation, really in any conversation. And they can oftentimes be very polarizing, I think, especially given the landscape of the last few years. And so can you share a little bit about why and kind of expand upon what we've already been talking about of the importance for Christians, you know, to get in level to, excuse me, to get involved at any level, even as we just mentioned the local level, you know, even if it's in your own community HOA, you know, whatever that looks like for the listener who's here on this other end. 
Sure. So, you know, one of the things that I thought really was really fascinating when I did the research for this book is that there's just a little over 3000 counties in the United States. Now, you know, politics can seem very overwhelming and a lot of people think, oh, gosh, what can I as just one person do to make a difference? But when you start looking at it, you may not be able to make change for the whole country or the whole world, but I can make a difference in my county. I can start volunteering on a local election. I can start volunteering as a poll worker or poll watcher. I can get in involved. Maybe, maybe God calls me to run for something on a, on a local level. Maybe I run for, you know, mayor or city council, or, or I just get on the school board, or maybe if I don't feel called to run myself, I don't feel called to directly be involved in that. You still don't get a pass. There's still a, a responsibility to support those who are called. And I think that's what I'm really trying to help people understand is you've got to shift this dynamic in this mindset of, oh, gosh, that's either something that I just don't want to get involved in at all or, well, I just don't feel like that's something that I'm called to do directly. And I, I would say, you know. This is an all hands on deck moment. I'm putting out a call to action for the body of Christ and saying you need to rise up. This is the majority here in the United States. And that's why this book was written specifically to Christians. If 64 to 67% of Americans identify as Christian, that's the majority. So that's why this is a specific call to that, to that population. That's powerful. And I can only imagine the amount of research I was sitting there thinking. So when I began research, I'm like, oh my gosh, like even to figure out how many counties and whatnot, the amount of research that's in this book is probably quite remarkable. And I think you're spot on too, in terms of saying like, we, as the body of Christ really need to step up in so many arenas right now and recognizing that your small voice has a huge impact. You know, what is that quote or expression about, you know, one raindrop might, might not make a difference, but overall in the ocean, it will, it will become the ocean, you know? And so I think that when you put it all together, we have the power to make that impact. And here's the thing, we serve a God that made the ocean. So if we take our step and put our toe into the water, guess what? He can multiply that. He's a God of multiplication, not a God of subtraction. So that's right. That's yes. exactly right. You know, when I was doing the research on this book, I actually talked to a friend of mine who had also run for Congress about the same time that I did. And I asked him, why do you believe Christians shy away from being involved in politics? And he said, because they're afraid of it because they think of it as being dirty and corrupt. Mm -hmm. And I said, that's exactly what I hear over and over. He said, but you know, what they really need to be doing is thinking of it more like people who are in law enforcement or people who are firefighters because they're trained to overcome their fears. And mm -hmm. instead of running away from the burning building, they run right into it. And I thought, wow, that's exactly it. You know, we're called to go in and put out the fires. We're called to walk in faith, not fear. Yeah. And it's our job. It's on our watch that this is happening. We have a responsibility to steward the incredible blessings that we have here in this country. So that's, that's really what it's all about. When I love that, I'm just reminded, I got the visual of David running towards Goliath. You know, he was the one who did not back down. He was like, bring it on. Like, I don't have anything besides, you know, this slingshot and this, these five smooth stones. And he was like, I'll take you on, you know? And whereas everyone else was afraid of him as a giant, like we do have this albatross, if you will, this elephant in the room. And we're like, we've got to, we've got to step in that direction towards it. So That's powerful true. stuff, lady. All right. So I know that another sensitive subject to talk about and is very taboo is money. <laughs> yeah, this is so important. We know that Jesus talked about money. You know, he talked about agriculture, he talked about money and how important, you know, money makes the world go round, if you will, but we have to make sure we don't have the love of it. But we know that as Christians, we are called to tithe. And I think one of the things um, that has been interesting for me, conversations with some friends 
over the last few years is where are you spending your money and where is it going to, you know, is it going to fund pro-abortion? Is it going to, you know, where is that, where's that money going when you give, whether it be in the stocks or whether it be to a nonprofit. And so I guess here's a great question, hopefully leading up to the elections, um, you know, when we are tithing, how is it that we can ensure, I don't know if there's a hundred percent way to ensure it, but how can we at least have a little bit more confidence that the money that we're spending or perhaps promoting um, a candidate or a platform, what advice would you give us if someone was looking to donate to a political campaign um, and to make sure that their monetary contributions are actually going to proper, properly being used? Sure. Well, let me just start with this. I almost named this book less than 1%. And the reason for that is because that is the percentage of Americans who gave to political campaigns in the 2016 election cycle. Wow. Now, when you are a Christian and you're honest and you're running because you feel like God called you to run, and if you're not a multimillionaire and you're not willing to take money from people who are basically going to own you when you get in office, well, where do you go? Well, you go to other Christians, you go to Christians that have resources. And when you go to those Christians and you ask them for help, if they say to you, oh, I'm sorry, we just don't get involved in politics. Then what are you left with? Right. So that's the problem. We have to have people that are stewarding the resources they've been blessed with. And you obviously have to pray about it. You have to do a lot of homework on the candidates. I really encourage people. I've got an entire list of questions in the book that are geared towards educating donors on here's the things that you need to be thinking about and asking before you give. And even if you're not a major donor, if you're somebody who's, you know, just a mom or, you know, a person who doesn't have a lot of money, but you, you, you care about this, even if it's just $25, a lot of people think, oh gosh, you know, what can that do? It does a lot. You know, you think about how many businesses are started with Kickstarter or different crowdsourcing types of platforms, $25 to a candidate is huge. I have a friend who's running for office in California right now for a city council slot. She said $25 actually buys several hundred radio uh, spots. And and she's like, you know, it's just, it's very inexpensive for this in this market. And people don't realize that $25 would make a huge difference to me right now. So, you know, I think it's really about uh, treating it like a job interview uh, when you think about the candidates that you're going to get behind, really doing your homework, research, talking to other people. If you don't have time to do a whole lot of research yourself, look for others that can, you know, that do that and that you can find that you can share information with quickly um, and then get behind them and, and vote with your wallet in addition to voting at the ballot box. I couldn't agree more. And I am just appalled at that 1%, less than 1%. That is mind boggling to me. And I would second your, you know, you had mentioned this earlier, but I would second your um, suggestion in terms of voting with your wallet as well. There's actually a great organization. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. It's called secondvote.org. I know second vote very well. I actually recommend them in the book. Oh, they're fascinating. I've subscribed to them this past year and it has been a game changer, even in terms of how I give Christmas gifts, you know, where my stock, where the money that I'm investing in the stock market is going. There's a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. So I'll Mm -hmm. put that in the show notes to you guys, but Terry, I 
cannot um, wait. I sadly, I have not bought the book just yet, but I cannot wait because if you just gave a few of these stats here in our 20 minute talk, I can only imagine how powerful the book will be. And then woven into, you know, with your background and just woven into the details that you um, share about the faith and the political scenes kind of merging. So why don't you tell us a little bit about running into the fire? You know, what, who, what can a reader expect when they buy this book and what is the meaning behind the title? I know you just shared, you were going to name it one thing and now you decided to pick it. So, you know, really and truly this book is, is designed to be three things. It's a call to action for the body of Christ. It's an equipping tool and a how-to guide because I, I just loaded it full of practical information based off of my years of experience in politics and running for office and running a super PAC so that people know where the levers are. They know that they can make a difference. They have a reason to have some hope. I think a lot of times people feel just sort of overwhelmed and they just think, what can I do? Or, you know, how can I be effective? So that's what this is geared towards. And then last but not least, it's a reference guide. It's designed to really give people information where they can go for next steps. So there's an entire list in the back of uh, organizations that you can plug into to either get trained, find others that are like-minded, look for more additional resources. And, you know, as I shared before, this book is about, uh, the title for it is really about, you know, choosing to walk in faith, not fear. And, you know, letting God direct you into what it is that you're supposed to be doing with this. Maybe, maybe it's nothing that's as, you know, uh, dramatic as running for office, but it may be that, you know, you're, you're supposed to just pray and, uh, really get behind and support somebody who is, and that may be, you know, something that, uh, a lot of people don't realize how incredibly demanding it is to be in office or to run. And, you know, there's just so many ways that, that we can support those types of leaders. So I give a lot of practical information about those types of things as well. Well, I'm all about practicality and having been a former teacher. I love references and I love things that allow me, you know, give me that next step. Okay. Here's, you know, like you mentioned that call to action, here's what you can do with this and here's how to take it to the next level and apply it to you in your own, you know, life or respective, you know, community and whatnot. So I'm excited to pick this up. And I know that the readers have been, hopefully have been blessed by this time because you opened my eyes to a number of things. And as I mentioned, I really just in the last few years have kind of started opening my eyes and, you know, tiptoeing into this. So I've just been awakened. Um, so I pray that the reader, excuse me, the audience has also been blessed and that then that they will become readers of running into the fire. So faith over fear, we definitely need more of that in every space and place in our world. So mm. Thank you. I will put your um, social media, social media, pardon me, handles, your website, um, how to buy the book and all of that. Is there any other, you know, any other way that we can support you? Obviously praying for you, especially as you are still running into the fire, you know, doing all the things you're doing right now. Um, is there any other way that the audience or the readers can kind of connect with you? Thank you, Franny. Wow, that's wonderful. I do uh, welcome the prayers and I uh, would encourage people to go to my website, godovergovernment.com. If I had to sum the book up in three words, it's it's that uh, we choose God over government. <laughs> Um, because, you know, as I said before, our country's never been closer to the brink of socialism and that's about replacing God with government. And we're just not going to let that happen here. So I, I really, uh, encourage you, if you want to reach out to me, there's a uh, way you can email me through the website, godovergovernment.com. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And for the listeners that are out there, I pray that this has blessed you. You always know that I ask that if it did, that you share it with someone else because God's in the two for one business. If it blessed you, it most likely might share, might bless someone else as you share it with them. So until we meet next time, keep on shining.